Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be across this beautiful blue-green globe of ours. Welcome to Real News Live's Friday Night Frolics. It's a special geopolitical update show. We have a lot of stuff going on worldwide. And I'm your host, Mike Barrett in Seattle, Washington. That distinguished gentleman to my stage right and physical left is dr brooks agnew somewhere in the carolinas brooks how are you tonight glad to have you back oh the state is just ringing just ringing after that stellar trump rally a few minutes ago yeah uh and then uh, kitty corner for me down below there from uh somewhere in the middle of montana is the adorable candace whitelight how are you today candace I'm good. It's been a good day. Lots of uh, confirmation in terms of what I've been working on, and the weather is stunning. So all together, it's a good day. Absolutely. And the guy immediately below me, somewhere east of California, the stud with the Q t-shirt on, uh, Snake Plissken without the eye patch, TV's Blake Wally. Blake, how are you doing on this fine Friday night? Doing well. It's been a busy week. It's great to see everybody and uh, looking forward to uh, covering all of the crazy news this week. Well, there's there's stuff to cover that we covered it, you know, on Real News Live with Jen uh, earlier this week. But it's and we're we're going to have to get to that also right away. But it's just like there's so much stuff to cover. We can't even talk about it. All right. I am drinking an adult beverage tonight. I am drinking my favorite Jeremiah Red from BJ's Brew House. It is a red beer. It's very sweet. It's tasty. I'm going to crack that and pour it into my Seahawks glass. Although, again, I am hoping that Marcus Mariota gets injured for the Atlanta Falcons or the Falcons this weekend. And Desmond Ritter, the quarterback I wanted the Seahawks to draft, comes in for the Falcons and leads them to a glorious victory over the Seahawks because I'm really only rooting for one thing at this point as a football fan, and that is the removal. I'm not sure, Brooks, if the devil said, came to me and said, you can keep your soul, I'll give you $100 million, but you have to pick one of these two to be removed, Pete Carroll or Joe Biden. I'm not sure who I would pick, honestly. <laughs> God, what a terrible choice to have to make. Brooks, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking agua. Mm. In, uh, my, uh, in my uh, in your Harley, Harley Davidson, Davidson carafe. Well, am I the only one indulging tonight? Probably not, if I know TV's Blake Wally. Blake, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah. Cabernet, bold. Nighthawk Black, cheers. Bold Cabernet and Candace Whitelight somewhere in deeply in Montana. What are you drinking tonight? Um, I've got my typical kombucha. I'm going with ginger aid tonight because it's really good for your tummy. Ginger aid. Okay, guys. We have Russia. We have China. We have Ukraine. We have 
Trump rallies. We have flags with no stars. We have so many things to cover tonight that I just can't wait to get to it. And we have to get to it quickly if we're going to make a top five because I don't want to be here for three hours. All right. Uh, the week started off with an address by Russian President Vladimir Putin in which he called up 300 reservists who had been in the Russian military in recently in the last five years or so to um, basically, as people were trying to portray it, escalate things in Ukraine. Now, uh, we could question whether there's truly an escalation going on here. Um, and there were constant reports of, oh, well, you know, the Russians are taking it on, getting punched, they're getting their bloody nose, they're getting beat up by the Ukrainians, which is ridiculous. But amongst many other things, Vlad alleged that NATO is basically running the war against Russia that really, I don't know, Brooks, I don't believe there actually is a war. It looks to me like the Russians came in, took the territories they want. They went out and went after the nuclear facilities and the bio labs that we all know about, got rid of them, and then withdrew back to the boundaries that they've agreed to. The interesting thing is, and I'm going to reinforce this, Candace, for you, is I told my audience a couple years ago, more than two years ago, that my, what I had heard about the Nasara-Jasara agreements is that Russia would be ceded the Crimea, the Donbass, the Lukansk, these areas of Ukraine that they are holding. And in addition to that, they would also have some sort of political dominance, at least, over the Baltic states, because there was a lot of corruption in the Baltic states, and to connect Kaliningrad with Mother Russia, which is a Russian enclave. So... I was told years ago that that's exactly what Putin had been given under the Nasara-Jasara agreements. This is called it Jasara for the moment because it's global. And you look at a map, and that's exactly what we see. Russia has everything that I was told a couple years ago that they had been ceded under these international secret agreements, which I find fascinating. For people who say that Jasara and Nasara are not real, Guess what? It, 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 maybe it's not real, but everything is playing out exactly the way I was told it was going to play out. So, And I told you it was going to play out. So guess what? You have a really hard time. People like hard nipple boy Jordan Sather, you're going to have a really hard time denying that this is true because it's on record. I'm on record as saying this is what Russia was going to be given as part of this. And the rest of this is theater and stagecraft because part of what Putin said is, look, if you attack Mother Russia... I'm going to use nukes. He said that flat out. And everybody's like, oh, nuclear escalation. He also, you might have heard, said that the West had threatened to nuke him first, which I believe to be true. It's the deep state West that's been doing this. He also said they are going to have referendums in these areas that are held by Russia. We all know who's going to win those referendums, not because there's anything wrong with the elections, but because the people there are all Russian. And they want to speak Russian and they want to be Russian and they want the protection of Russia because they have been tortured and and shelled and attacked by these fucking Nazis since at least 2014. And actually before that, and uh, Brooks, I know I'm kind of on top of this, but I, there's one point I want to get to before I turn it over. I'm kind of on top in your territory. I'm way over on your side of the fence. But we've got this thing, this stuff going on. Um, and when when Putin says that you know, oh, everybody's saying, well, they're, they're saying Putin is a madman and he's escalating. There's going to be a war and the Russians are losing. The Russians aren't losing to the fucking Ukes. And here's the thing. Everybody's trying now to convince you that war is about to break out between NATO 
and Russia. Well, let me point out something that Monkey Works pointed out yesterday, and let's give him due credit. When you go to war, your naval fleets go to sea, do they not? So here we are on the actual brink of war, and let's take a live look in, guys, at where all the warships are that we can tell, that we know of, in, uh, in Russia and the Ukraine. Let's, let's look at Europe. Let's look at the map of Europe. Okay, uh, here we are. Oh, here's, here's all these red warships. Oh, there's a German warship right there. Uh, again, possibly able to cut off the Lukansk, which is this, or the um, Kaliningrad, which is Russian held. Look at this. 80, 90% of these red dots, where are they? They're in port. Mm -hmm. If you're on the brink of war, your ships are not in port. They're out at sea getting ready to do battle. Yet, in fact, what we see is the Russian fleet, including the Black Sea fleet, they're all in port. So there is no brink of war, but they want you to think we are on the brink of war because they want to continue to attack uh, Putin over this. And again, the areas that are held in Ukraine are all the Russian-held areas that, again, I heard years ago, Putin was going to be given under these agreements. So, enough of me talking. What do you guys think? Because I, I think this is absolute confirmation that Jasara is real, that there isn't going to be a war, and that everything you're seeing is theater and fake war to try to convince people. This is maybe the scare event, Candace, but let's start with Brooks. Brooks, let me just start with one question, and then you can just talk about anything you want, any aspect of this that you want to talk about for as long as you want. Um, is, is, is Russia losing to the Ukrainians? I mean, I, I've seen pictures of, oh, here's a column of Russian troops trapped in the Ukraine. It's a bunch of, you know, uh, trucks. It's a bunch of uh, basically just what the Brits call lorries. It's just troop transports sitting on a road, and they're all empty. It's because there's no, you know, oh, they're 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 start they're being starved out by the Ukrainians. I'm looking at this going, no, it's just a picture of a bunch of empty trucks. Go ahead, Brooks. Is Russia losing the war to the Ukraine, or are they simply holding the only territories they really had any interest in in the first place? Well, first of all, let's qualify this. This is not a war. It's a military operation. It's a, it's actually a rescue operation. The war began in 2014 after six weeks of trying to get uh, mainstream media to cover it uh, when Victoria Nuland and John McCain overthrew the duly elected government of Ukraine. Right. Joe Biden took over the country, and according to my sources on the ground in Ukraine, he was the acting president of Ukraine. And he was... Uh, basically laundering billions of dollars of American money through the country to NGOs and nonprofits and organizations that he runs or that he benefits from. Right. It wasn't all just to make himself rich. It was also a, a great move for the global syndicate to try to uh, basically secure the energy pipeline for Europe. I know. I mean, all this nonsense. Oh, Putin just wants to get rich. Putin's I got news for you. He's already one of the richest men in the world and he has nuclear weapons. What else could Vladimir Putin possibly want out of life that he doesn't have? It's it's a ridiculous to assign that motivation to him at this point. Right. And, and that and that's why it took him eight years to respond. It took him eight years and he took every diplomatic 
move that he could make, every step that he could take, every speech that he could give, every uh, Every, meeting that would let him attend it. Every uh, move you make, every breath you take. Oh, sorry, I'm wearing my police. Because he was trying to save the Russian ethnic Russians living in Ukraine who were getting the shit bombed out of them. Right. Uh, of course, one of the very first things that they did in 2014, you know this uh, when you when you do battle with another country, the first thing you want to do is cut off their infrastructure. They dammed up the river. They they man-made yep. a river. Uh, it was a, a, a should be the eighth wonder of the world, but it fed fresh water to the arid areas of Crimea. That's how those people lived. That's why those towns flourished. They dammed up the water. They dammed up the water to try to depopulate that area of Crimea. Then they built up their army, a Nazi army in Donbass. And I mean, it had a ton of weapons and a ton of armor. And they had shelled their way in. And they, they built almost indestructible defenses there in Donbass. And so they... his. Putin's spies discovered that they were going to invade Crimea in the spring of this year, actually in March of this year. Mm-hmm. And so he sent messages to Zelensky, basically laying a line, a red line in the sand, a red line in the snow, as it were. Uh, you will not invade Crimea. And if you make a move toward Crimea, I will come in and I will smash you. And just to make sure you know I'm not bluffing, I'm going to start building up troops on the outside of the border, which he did in the middle of the freaking winter. Yep. yep. Which is not the fighting. This We're talking the same weather as North Dakota, folks. Okay, so you get an idea how freaking cold it is there. 20 below is a warm day there. So they did not back down simply because Joe Biden would not let them back down. He wanted Crimea. He wanted the oil and gas areas for his uh, gas company, Burisma, which is all set up to take over this one of the richest oil and gas properties on the planet right there off the coast of, of Crimea, which would have been uh, about six minutes from Moscow, six minute missiles to Moscow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, uh, well, that's like Cuba <laughs> having nuclear weapons in Cuba. Yeah. So Putin said, I'm not putting up with it. If you don't stop, I'm going to I'm going to put a stop to it. And so February 23rd, he did that. He crossed the border, formed a convoy toward Kiev. We've talked about this several times. It was big fake. It was designed to draw those forces out of Donbass back over the river to defend Kiev. And when they did, he blew up the bridges. They could not reinforce those troops in the Donbass. His column withdrew. They went to, which they called the retreat. He went to Donbass, surrounded them, smashed them. There are no Azovs in that part of uh, Donbass. Yeah, and the first thing they did, too, was open up the water to the Crimea. Reopen exactly. The they blew yeah. the dam and restored the fresh water to Crimea. Yep. You think the Crimeans like Putin? They love Putin. Yeah. And they're going to have a referendum. They're going to have a vote. And Putin said, look, I'm just going to be there to make sure nobody comes in and cheats. I will go with it whichever way it goes. If they vote me out, I'll leave. But uh, you know what's going to happen. All those I, Russian uh, people are going to... They're going to freely and fairly, unlike the United States, vote for Putin and Russia. That's what they're going to yeah, vote for. And the Donbass has always been a part of Russia. Well, since 1760. That's a pretty good amount of time. Longer than we've been a country. They've been a part of Russia. It wasn't until uh, after World War II when the UN stepped in and carved up 
the countries any way they wanted, that the Donbass ended up on the wrong side of the of the border. And when the Soviet Union broke down in 1991, they found themselves an independent state and no resources to do anything with. Yeah. And the Ukrainians wanted the Russians out of there. So they have been pounding the crap out of them for now nine years. And they killed about 20,000 of them. 14,000 we can confirm. But there's a lot more because they're turning up mass graves now that have been there for years yeah. uh, that are just filled with, with Russians. They just bulldozed them into a grave. So let's, let's come up to modern day what happened. Uh, after the Azov battalion was spanked out of the region and uh, Putin took over all the bio labs and managed to shut down the nuclear power plant that they were trying to bomb because they wanted a nuclear leak to go yeah, over the border he, into Europe. He also managed, mentioned that in his speech the other day. Yeah. Yeah. They managed to shut all the reactors down. So that took that chess piece off the table. What happened was the Pentagon stepped in and offered live intel. And what they discovered is this thousand kilometer long quote unquote front had no Russian troops on it. They had there were no tanks, there were no heavy artillery, nothing was there. All that was there were engineers and doctors, and they were setting up schools and replacing windows and fixing water lines because the winter's coming. And so the intel said, look, this place is virtually undefended. You guys can take it all back. But the Russians weren't there to take land. They already lived there. They yeah. weren't there to occupy land. They've been there for 200 years. Yep. So if you listen very carefully to the films that have been released, they're not speaking French. They're not speaking German. They're not speaking Ukrainian. They're speaking American. Those are mercenaries that moved in. Well, they lost 8,000. And the bodies are 30% mercenaries. And, and wow. Putin said that in the speech, too. By the way, yeah. I, I will tell you something about war. I don't know a lot about it, not as much as, as Scott does, but I will tell you this. There is no weight heavier to carry with you into battle than a mercenary that's not getting paid. <laughs> okay. And, and um, I can tell you, these mercenaries, they're trapped. They cannot retreat. They cannot reinforce. And the drones are picking them off as we speak, I've seen they footage. will all be eviscerated, every single one of them. No quarter, no quarter. And there are a lot of Americans in there. There's a lot of British in there. And they're all, they're all going to die. And this is very unnecessary. So what Putin says, look, you think I'm kidding. You send in these forces and you took this land that these people were innocent. They were doing nothing wrong. And you just cleaned it out. You shot people in the head that were that had no reason to die, thinking that, oh, we're going to take all this land back. And he said, you've now crossed the line. I'm no longer fighting Azovs. I'm not fighting Ukrainians. I'm fighting you. And I'm here to tell you, I will not back down. And I will resort to nuclear weapons if you don't stop. I would say that based on the response, which is that all the ships pretty much are in harbor except for a few patrols, I would say that NATO has blinked on that one. I would say, given it's three or four days since Ed Putin's speech and all the big, tough NATO warships are in harbor, as we've just seen, hmm, they backed off. They're well, you know, gonna... we've, been, we've been talking about a false flag now for, well, since February. And right. a false flag is 
totally possible with with kinetics, with uh, airstrikes, with the uh, terrorist bombings. But you cannot do a false flag with a nuclear weapon. It cannot be done because you can't blame a nuclear weapon on somebody else because the nuclear signature from that explosion identifies the exact reactor that that weapon came from. Yep. Interesting. And unless you right. stole a weapon that was made in Moscow or made in in uh, in Kazakhstan, you're not going to pull off a false flag. When that weapon goes off, they're going to know it came from wherever it came from, Palo Alto or or uh, Chicago. They're going to know the exact reactor it came from. Every news organization on the planet will know. That's why you cannot do a false flag with a nuclear weapon. Just go back to the movie Some of All Fears. When that bomb went off. They discovered it was right from an American reactor supplied right. to Israel. Just like the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs were out of German reactors and were Yeah, German the triggers bombs. actually came out of Germany. Out of Both Germany. of them did, right. That's right. They, were, they were German nuclear weapons, not American nuclear weapons. Uh, TV's Blake Wally. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, quite a lot to unpack there, but good yeah. information. We were missing that uh, last week, getting that great update, but that was uh, fantastic, and that sums up a lot of uh, kind of what I'm hearing and, and seeing and picking up uh, over the last uh, since we had our last show anyway, but certainly things uh, escalated uh, big time uh, this week and it was revealed. Yeah, a lot of things were revealed and I, I agree. It looks like he, uh, Putin just had kind of his, uh, you know, his, his youngest troops out there with the oldest equipment. They were trying to play nice for a while and, and now uh, the gloves are off. He, he made that speech. Yeah, it looks like there's, uh, yeah, it's more than just the Ukrainian troops. I guess they took a lot of uh, heavy losses and now it's just kind of, proxy thing they got going on but they're getting these mercenaries it's obviously pissing putin off and he's uh threatening the nukes so hopefully everyone uh, backs off and rethinks this because it could be the uh end of our civilization it would be a lot easier just to let these uh lands go let them take we'll the don 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 yeah. yeah yeah and then let take bio labs I think you made a reasonable proposal just you know there's that red line you know just don't have the, the nato in there no bio labs and uh, we turn the pipelines back on. Europe gets gas. Uh, no one freezes to death. And that's uh, a win-win for everyone. <laughs> but Yeah, the cool. ones that are really going to be screaming about the cold weather are going to be in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be happy about giving more money to Ukraine and keeping the support on for that. Um, okay, so here's the thing. This false narrative that, oh, things are not going well for Russia. Look at him. He's having to bring up 300,000 troops. Putin can put his hands on, I think it's 20 million troops. He can call them up if he needs to uh, that have served in the Russian military, in the 2 million in the last five years, 20 million in the last 15 years. These are people that are still of fighting age that he can call up anytime he wants. So there's this completely false narrative that the Russians are losing. Oh, look at these Ukrainian tanks. Let me fill you in on something here, folks. There's no such thing as a Ukrainian tank. They're Russian tanks. And do you think for a minute that the Russians didn't put an off switch in those suckers so they can shut them down anytime they want, just like the beginning battle scene of Battlestar Galactica? Oh, the Cylons turned our Vipers off. Guess what? We're going to get shot out of the sky now. That is nonsense. And just, just watching this, I, you know, even Sky News, which is highly suspect, um, 
you know, they, they're trying to say, oh, the Russians are having a, such a tough time and the Ukrainians are winning. And this is an act of desperation by Putin. And, and they keep saying this same BS, Candace, over and over and over again. And here's the other thing. I have heard that at the beginning of his speech, Putin went after George Soros and called him an international terrorist and an international criminal. But I cannot find for my seat here in the West, a version of Putin's speech that doesn't start several minutes into it. Oh, Sky News says the complete speech, but he's in mid-sentence when it starts. So they cut out the beginning part where he identified all of the Western military forces, the NATO, the mercenaries, and I suspect people like George Soros and they cut it all out. So the censorship continues to go on. Candace, I, uh, again, with those aspects of it, the social media aspects of it, we're not getting the truth. We're not even getting the full Putin speech anymore. With all those aspects to this, you got to also throw in, do, do, I don't know if you believe in Jasara or not. I, I know it's real. Um, do you agree with me that his speech is basic and the, the areas the Russians are holding I mean, again, I was told this two years ago. I said it publicly. Russia's going to be given all this. China and Taiwan are going to be given. We're going to get to that in a second. Are, are going to be reunited. Am I am I wrong here, or are we looking at proof that things are finally moving in our direction? Well, I'm going to go back. Uh, Brooks, excellent assessment. All I'm going to do is add on those elements that a lot of us have known about for a very long time that play into this. And I'm gonna run down the list here that I just wrote down. The first one is gonna be Clinton. Clinton and her league of uh, you know people that followed her and followed Bill all the way back to Arkansas. I believe it's a um, coven, a coven not, a, not a league, but a coven. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, okay, we'll go that far. And, uh, you know, it does associate everything with Benghazi, okay? So Benghazi was a pivotal point in terms of what the Obama regime did with Clinton all along, who had uh, sent uh, $1.8 billion to Iran that then was taken to the Ukraine where it was laundered, okay? So... We're following the money back, and that's what I want to do here, because then we have McCain, who was involved in that entire Benghazi catastrophe, and he was also deeply embedded in what had become the uh, takedown of the entire country of Syria, which is still in play in terms of who is in control of them, how yeah, much money's Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, and then I'm going to go back to Bush, because Bush's involvement here is clearly aligned with the whole 2001, which was manufactured to what? To cover up for the RV that was all ready to go literally that morning when yeah. the towers were taken out. So his involvement clearly extended to the entire Mideast and the entire scam about Osama bin Laden, which was right. a complete and total con. 
So, you know, we've got a lot of stuff on the table here, but we have to look at this like everybody was aware of those things. It's just that the mainstream media who came along and reported on it, they obscured the facts. They, they said, okay, we can't talk about this. Mm-hmm. We can talk about this over here. And they manufactured the public um, presence of all of these occasions. You know, you remember in Baghazi, they came up with it. It was just a film that somebody did that, you know. Yeah. I mean, it got absurd. Those of us that were really kind of and, paying attention were, and, you know, appalled. Right. And even going back to 9-11, which, by the way, was airplanes being flown into buildings. Um, even going back to that, the purpose of that was to start an war, a war in Iraq so that they could print the new Iraqi currency and then revalue it exactly as they did in Germany and Japan and Kuwait in 1991 and pay off the international bankruptcy debts, which had come due in 1999. So they had to come up with a new plan. What's the plan going to be? Well, we're going to start a war in the Middle East. We'll grab a country. We'll probably make it Iraq and we'll revalue the currency and then we'll give you all your money, English crown. And that has now morphed into the Jasara RV thing. Yeah, it was actually Nasara Jasara that was going to be announced that, smor- that morning, which the revaluation of the currencies is part of it, uh, Candace, right. absolutely. So, well, and they couldn't do that because the Fed that was in control of everything at that point in time, you know, said that we can't possibly have that because we've moved everything out of this country. We sold all of our assets, all of our gold went to China, all of our, um, you know, infrastructure that we were building and the military was being sold off. Um, they were taking this country apart back then. So yeah. this is, you know, just a, a, a long series of events that, you know, you can look at it and start any place in the in the program. I mean, I could I could go all the way back to JFK's assassination. You yeah. know, this is. This was um, really with the, you know, killing of that president and the installation of his um, his VP. Um, that was a primary to the Great Society, which was really the whole earmark of what happened within our culture, that then uh, took us apart uh, socially. So socially, um, that was prior internet. So you know, we didn't have that, but. They uh, hired all the talking heads. They, they turned it into a, a complete um, shit show from the get-go. And uh, we just have been, you know, all of us that are, you know, uh, old enough to remember all that, are, you should be sitting down right now saying, like, well, gee, that is uh, no surprise. So No, this is, this is actually exciting to me because that guy right there that's on Blake's T-shirt, Q, the whole Q thing, their their plan is unfolding right before our eyes. And, um, you know, Al Bundy, no, that the original objective for Russia was to take some land and make a deal. That That's not it. The deal was already made. The deal was probably made in 2017 at Helsinki between Trump and Putin, where he said, OK, you can have this because they're all Russian speaking. You got to let them vote on it. But if they vote to join Russia... They're part of Russia as part of the Nasara Jasara agreements, which, like you say, Candace, they tried to implement in 2001, um, which Bill Clinton signed against his will. 
But there's actually pictures. Somebody posted pictures today of the signing where Clinton actually had to sign the Nassara bill. And man, did he have a not very happy look on his face. So we have all this stuff happening against this um, this background of events. And um, I want to get to China, but um, because another part of the revaluation of currencies and the Jasara thing is that China, the Communist Party will be brought down. China will be reunified between Taiwan and China as a republic, but there's a lot of deep state cleanup that needs to happen in Taiwan, which is where they've really, really flourished for for some time. But before we go to that, Candace, and the news that came out today, uh, I want to bring up something that happened last week. Now, I don't know, Blake, if you saw this or not, but Trump uh, spoke at a rally in Ohio last Saturday, a week ago tomorrow. He had another rally yeah. tonight. And there's some things to some of the shit he said tonight. If Jen is quoting correctly, and I believe she is, it's going to blow your it's only viable in the context of a new republic coming forward. But I want to show you guys. I want to show you. I'm going to turn the chat off for a minute. Um what happened at the rally last Saturday night, which is that Donald Trump came out and went back from some uh, curtains. And behind those curtains was an American flag. There's only one problem. The American flag didn't have any stars on it. Not true. The stars are black. Well, if you look closely, there are whatever, stars there, but they whatever are Whatever they may be. The point being that several military people have said what this means is that the United States is occupied by a foreign power. It also means that you have, um, there are no deals after this, that after this speech is completed, no there quarter. will be no prisoners taken. Brooks, no you quarter. said it, you used the word no quarter. And it was said, Jen said, that her interpretation was that this was a signal that, okay, now you guys can go. Part of that was a signal to Vladimir Putin. You may proceed with the next step. Putin scheduled his speech for the next day. He held it off for one more day because he wanted to let Joe Biden go make a fool out of himself at the UN. And can you believe this, Blake? Joe Biden actually said at the UN, Oh, we're not going to recognize these referendums because it'll be a sham election. It's just going to be fake. Joe Biden said the election, the the referendums were going to be fake. My well, God, look who's calling the kettle black? So, um, Brooks yeah. and, and Blake, I, I want to go all around. Blake, I just want to start with you. Any thoughts about any of this? Did you see the black stars or the no stars flag um, last Saturday? And what did you think of it? If you did? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah I, I did. And that was certainly curious why he would bring that one out there, what it did symbolize. So I like that uh, people are breaking that down and finding that and digging that out so we can kind of interpret that if that's what it means. Because why else would you go to that much trouble in a big spectacle and a big public speech to bring that out unless it uh, does uh, mean something? So I'm hoping that uh, turns out to be it, it, the case. Exactly. Exactly. Blake. And it doesn't mean nothing. I'm an expert on symbolism, NASA symbolism, among other things. It means something. And right now, everything that Jen said it means appears to be what it means. Because right after that, 
Putin went into action. It was a signal to the entire world, go ahead, no prisoners, no prisoners, they're all done, no more deals, it's over with, it's now time for action. Now, I don't know if the flag was displayed tonight at the rally, my um, information to this point is that it was not, I was napping during the rally. I it wasn't there. I, I, I was watching for it, it wasn't there, but after the flag came out, you had a German lawmaker in parliament Mm-hmm. Now, it was in German, but uh, I do did a pretty good translation of it, and there are some translations of it out there. Right. He said, you will remember where you are on September 23rd when this all goes down. Well, I thought it was 24th. Today's 23rd. I think it's tomorrow. Well, it? sunset the 23rd into the 24th. So, yeah, yeah. that's that was the uh, kind of one of seven came up with a lot of evaluations, and that was his. Okay, and people are saying on the financial side of things that are connected to the Treasury are saying there's going to be a whole bunch of there's going to be some announcements tomorrow that are going to shake. I have one more one more piece of evidence. I have business uh, associates. In fact, I think it was the second company that I uh, turned around when I came here to North Carolina. They are now worth many, many millions of dollars. Right. They were working a loan deal, and these are very, very creditworthy people. They've been in business for a long time. Uh, ever since uh, I turned them around in, in 2009, they have been blowing and going. And they had two loans going, one with Wells Fargo and one with Nations Bank. can't tell you what the name of the company is, but I can tell you both loans were uh, 100% collateralized they'd already had loans with them before and paid them back mysteriously for no reason whatsoever both banks said we're not loaning money both banks have now shut down all business lending there are also stories that people's individual personal mortgages and credit cards and car loans are disappearing from their credit reports, which is, again, another part of Nasara Jasara. Nasara for the U.S., Jasara's for the world, are disappearing. Now, those are anecdotal reports, but there is a significant number of them, which there was not before, and I'd like to see some of that. Uh, I also have a friend I call the broker who is says he's involved with this financial reset which involves the currency and other things. And his part of it is to do deals at the high levels, these whale deals that he's working on. And, and he's telling me step-by-step, this has happened. This has happened. The first thing is, is that there is a lot of gold throughout the world, which has been hidden for in some cases, centuries that is worth interminable quadrillions, bazillions of us dollars that is now being brought on ledger and he is brokering some of these deals and he says it, everything is focused on these deals happening right now this weekend today tomorrow so well, that's part of it there was a rumor that we were going to have a gold standard announcement yes let me ask you a question mike because i'm kind of torn between this some of my friends are saying oh go get all your money out of the bank put it in a box at the house however i have other friends that are saying now wait a minute if they revalue and they decide, let's say, to go to a central bank digital currency, which is a threat, but it could happen. The money that you have in cash at your house is worthless. It's Confederate money after that. Only the money you have in the bank counts. Now, the problem is 
about 20% of the adults living inside our country, citizen, non-citizen, 20% of the adults living in our country don't have bank accounts. Mm -hmm. They don't exist as far as the credit bureau goes, as far as as the Fed goes. They don't exist. They deal in cash. 20% of the country is going to be cut out of this. And this is where the conflict is going to happen. But where is this aimed? It's not aimed at the wealthy. It's aimed at the middle class. At the middle class. Well, John Dillinger, the famous gangster bank robber from the 1930s, when they finally caught him, I asked him, famous bank robber, John, why'd you rob the banks? And you know what he said? He said, because that's where the money is. Yeah. And let me tell you, there aren't enough billionaires and millionaires on this planet to finance this country. If you confiscated every penny of income, not taxed at 70% or 90%, but confiscated every penny of income in the United States above $250,000, you know how long you could run this country? About a month. Days. 19 days. Yeah. That's how long you could run this country. The money wow. is all in the middle class because there is so there are so many of us. So right. that's where they have to go. So to respond to yours, what I have always heard is that your money will be good. You will be able to trade your fiat currency in for the new gold backed and silver backed and oil backed, depending on what country you're in, new currency. So you're and that, that and prices will then just crater i mean a house that's selling for seven hundred and fifty thousand fiat dollars is going to be sixty thousand in new gold back money so those kinds of things are going to happen but candace here's the thing there needs to be a scare event there needs to be and people have speculated juan has talked about the gut punch the scare event people have talked about it being nuclear war fake alien invasion huge financial collapse i think there's going to be an orchestrated financial collapse and what might happen Brooks, is there might be a thing where the banks say, "Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna call a buy-in." Okay, what they call yeah. a buy-in, not a buyout. Um, bailout. Bailout. Bail-in. Sorry, bail-in. Well, we're just gonna take all your money because technically, if you read your agreements, it's our money, not yours. You just we just let you put your name on these accounts. They could do that. I can see a scenario, Candace, where they do that. The banks do that, and then the new republic, the new president, or the old president, who's always been the president, comes along and says, oh, no, you don't. You're not doing that. This money is now returned to all these people, and you can trade it in for the new valued currency value currency um what do you think about that one candace what do you hear on that? well it's um you know in a way i have heard that uh, in fact i disagree on this with uh, brooks that our currency um is right now uh, gold backed and it has hundred dollar bills actually have a ribbon in them that contain uh, a measure of gold yeah. And it, it will be good. Um, and I have been, you know, just $100 every time I go down. And if I have it, I, I get it out. And I've, you know, got a bit of money in the background. I've also got uh, 50s that are brand new, never been circulated. And actually, uh, it's the same with the 20s. And I've been looking at them and thinking, you know, there's something about this money thing that I think is uh, 
is critical to this entire assessment. That's it. We had a Secretary of Treasury named Stephen Munchen, who um, was actually, you know, brought in by by Trump, and uh, he's the one that um, was managing the funds. Now this guy is very, very good at money. He's a uh, movie producer. He's uh, got quite a list of uh, films that he has produced, which means that he's the money man behind them. Including, and um, if, if you don't mind, including Jupiter Ascending, which is a horrible, right. which is a horrible movie until you assess it from the perspective of, hey, it's this is showing us this is a, a metaphor for the financial system. Exactly. <laughs> And, and and the people are the, it's also, it's got adrenochrome and it's got everything in there. And Mnuchin That's was an executive right. producer. So yeah. Yeah. And he is, he is signed off on a lot of the bills. You start getting your hundred dollar bills out and you look at them and a lot of them are signed by Stephen Mnuchin. Now, obviously they were a part of the treasury department when uh, Trump was still in, but I have heard from good sources that um, the money that came back into this country and our tax base when the, uh, the corporations that were functioning heretofore over in China and Taiwan and um, overseas where they were making parts and particularly car manufacturers and of course our technology, um, that they have actually contributed to a fund that exists that is uh, apart from what uh, Joe Biden has any uh, contact with. And it is managed by, you won't believe it, but by Stephen Munchen, who actually knows what he's doing in terms of investing and keeping money safe and putting it into gold and silver. And uh, there's a lot of people that just say, don't worry about this because this is going to be released as soon as Trump, which is really the big deal that's going on. He has been pushing the Biden regime and the, the whole set of uh, cabal leaders, um, you know, and baiting them so that they would, uh, you know, enter the playing field and wear themselves out. It's a cue process. He's explained it many times. Mm -hmm. And that, um, you know, we are in that, you know, parable right now, like the bullfight that Juan has said uh, several times, where you've got a matador, which coincidentally is also a card suit in the uh, playing games that is called the Trump, which you use uh, in bridge and several other card, yeah. card games, and yeah. that is the matador. So you know, you've got this parallel that's going on where the, you know, the person that is uh, charged with killing the bull, bull has to do it within a certain time zone. He has other players that are in the arena and they, um, you know, they basically have to, um, you know, knock the bull down and, and kill him. And they become very famous. These matadors are, are rock stars in Spain. And, uh, you know, that that kind of parallel with what's going on is is very valid. So, you know, we've seen Trump do some stuff like the whole Q thing. It has enraged the uh, what I call the the stupid media that's out there, Vice and 
and uh, Daily Beast and, you know, Will Summers and, you know, Media Matters. I mean, they've gone apeshit crazy. They and after tonight, they're going to be like, you know, nuclear. So it's uh, especially. Yeah, Candace, after tonight, especially now. Sorry, guys, I have to report that we we had to let Brooks go. Uh, Brooks has got a family emergency he has to deal with. So he had to leave us tonight. But uh, best wishes. We love you, Brooks. And uh, hopefully you'll be back next week and everything will be okay. And one thing I wanted to add uh, this is also real money. So if you're worried about whether they're going to take your money out of the bank, um, shit, go grab a bunch of that fiat cash. Or better yet, use a credit card and buy yourself some gold and silver, and um, have some real money to uh, to use in case anything goes crazy. So that's interesting because uh, Candace is going to transition right into what happened at the Trump rally tonight. Now, again, I think we've confirmed that same flag was not there because the flag, Black Stars, was used to um, was used to to basically signal to the entire world, okay operations are a go you can start now but at tonight's rally trump if and i didn't watch the rally but J- jen and some others did if he actually said some of the shit that people are saying he said then we are absolutely in we're in motion we are in the middle of operations candace let's go look at uh i'm gonna go look at um at jen's telegram and look at some of the things that that he uh apparently posted tonight he said um let's go back where is it i called for the death penalty for drug dealers and slipped in human traffickers i think there was one before that um uh, sorry guys i'm not as prepared for this as i thought i would be um okay he said Joe Biden and the Democrats are arsonists, that they're burning America down. I think that that implies the George Floyd riots. Here's the thing. She said that we are on, he said, she says that he said that we are on a mission to save the America we love and restore the republic. Candace, that is the whole point of Nasara, it restores the United States to a republic. It gets rid of the corporate power structure. He said we toppled their power structure, saying it in the past tense. China virus came from the Wuhan labs, um, had some 17s in there, but there was one other thing that I thought was really important. Um, uh, other countries are pocketing the money that we sent them. Where is it called for the death penalty? There was one other one that really was related. Um, okay. Oh, watch Taiwan, Candace. He said, watch Taiwan. Now, yeah. in the Sara thing, in the same breath in which I was told about Putin getting all these territories, which are the exact territories that Russia is holding right now and having referendums on, China and Taiwan are going to be reunified. And it's uh, going to appear to be under the Communist Party. It's going to look like a communist invasion. But in reality, the Communist Party is going to fall and there's going to be a new Chinese Republic. And what started happening today, the 23rd, 24th, Candace, what started happening today? Let me tell you, rumors started to fly 
on Twitter and other places to the effect that there has been a coup in China. People's Liberation Army military vehicles heading to Beijing on September 22nd. Now, people are saying this video is actually old. Um, uh, the entire procession is as long as 80 kilometers. Rumor has it that Xi Jinping was under house arrest after Chinese Communist Party seniors removed him as the head of the People's Liberation Army. So the rumors have started flying from some credible sources. This guy, Gordon Chang, is on Fox all the time talking about China. And basically people are saying, hey, this is not a current video, but that rumor has suddenly come out. And of course, how it would work, the scenario would work is very similar to the idea of Trump being indicted or arrested. Candace, that um, they try to arrest Xi Jinping and then the military overthrows the Communist Party. Similar to what people have pointed out as a possible scenario here in America if they try to go after Trump. Well, we are, you know, this has been said and we've been talking about it for a while is that this is continuity of government and this is also law of war. And, uh, you know, we have been you know, educated in terms of these uh, this paperwork because of that fact that, that we're going to have a reason because it all was about foreign interference in an election. And we have that proof. So, you know, again, um, yes, it may look like he's going to be arrested, but I'll tell you, whoever arrests him is going to get investigated by us. And so they're right. sitting back there going, do we really want to do this? They're getting real nervous. And that's why we're seeing what we have been, you know, subjected to over the last six months, really, which is just uh, chaos and hysteria. Um, their, their entire narrative is falling apart across the board. And uh, it isn't just financial. It's medical. It's the uh, big pharma. It's big right. oil. It has right. to do with, uh, you know, the... The uh, Internet, which is really what I would like to talk about at some point, because I think that's what's going to happen within the next 24 hours. We've seen the behavior of it. Um, and it's not like everybody thinks it's not going to be a complete blackout. But I, I decoded what happened over in Tom's Russia with the, uh, you know, the entire uh, downing of, of basically the reporting on the Schumann. And that happened to be for 10 days. And over that 10-day period, they had a no-tam, which means no-fly zone, notice to airmen, um, over the entire city of Tomsk, Russia. That is where their quantum computer is, is put. So what they were doing is they were, they were hurrying up and they stopped their process on the Schumann, which is very important, by the way. Right. And then they basically shielded everything so that it would not be... Um, subjected to a uh, directed energy weapon or a CME or, a, you know, something that would come in from outer space or maybe terrestrial. So when they opened it back up again, business is normal. And I'm thinking they're going to do the same thing here because we actually own four out of five of the portals that the entire Internet runs in in this country. We took them over a long time ago. And so this so, is a process. We have one more, and it's in Dallas, Texas. It has been constantly hit with DDoS attacks from China, which is like they're playing this game along with us, aren't they? Yeah, 
They are. And and if any of those rumors are true about Xi Jinping, I, I can assure you that when the dust settles, he's going to be in charge of a new China that's not going to be controlled by the communists. I mean, I I have more, you know, look, I, I have scared bitched, to me. I've bitched as much as anyone about this process taking too long, going too slow. But let's look at what's happened in the last two weeks. <laughs> the queen, the lizard queen has been declared dead. She's been dead for a long time. There's rumors Jimmy Carter's going to be declared dead over the weekend. We've had uh, the black flag at the Trump rally. We've had Russia respond to that by threatening nuclear war. We're going to have a referendum. We've had Joe Biden. We've had fuck Joe Biden chance. We've had Joe chance in London at the Queen's funeral. We've had Joe Biden sat in the 47th row, you know, Goodbye, goodbye, Norma Jean from the old, the old pedophile in the forty seventh row, who sees you as something more than no. I'm not going to quote any Elton John, Bertie Toppin lyrics here. Bertie Toppin lyrics. Um, we've had the, the 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 possibility of a coup in in China actually happening. The China Taiwan invasion thing is on the brink of happening. We've had a fake war um, going on, and we appear to be on the brink of a major financial reset all happening in the last two weeks so it seems to me tv's blake wally that this is pretty exciting times and things are finally starting to happen so i don't know any any thoughts you want to add to this discussion at this point? what i mean you it's cool to have you because you're not necessarily on top of all this stuff so when this all gets shoved at you i'd like to see what your reaction is it tells me how the average awake person is going to take it when they hear about it what do you think <laughs> well yeah that's that is a lot of major things that have happened and we're still like i don't know 40 some days up from the uh, the election here so that could uh, change things we got a big uh, vote coming up in uh, the ukraine i mean there's a lot of major stuff and that's happening already and i i know where this is you know going on the surface so we do, you know, there's obviously going to be major financial problems unless something is happening. And it, it is, obviously. And I didn't know uh, Gordon Chang was, was uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what he's been saying, but he's a very credible source. Yeah, he's been at Fox News, uh, Epic Times. Uh, he, he would know something. So I would take that uh, seriously, whatever yeah. that's yeah, when I going saw, on there. I didn't take those rumors seriously until I saw that he was tweeting about them, and I'm like, okay, uh, wow. because I think he's the, I think he's one of the people that would be assigned to put that story out when the time came to put that story out. So, Candace, mm-hmm. Blake, Candace, let's yeah. let's talk about it. Uh, you know, I I kind of given you all the information that I had for the show tonight, so let's talk about it. There's the rumors that something's going to happen tomorrow, which, you know, when dates go down, when dates are put out, they usually don't, doesn't usually happen. But let's say in the next few days to a week, if there's going to be some big shocking event, Phil G put out a thing on his telegram where he showed like 17 shocked gifts, people going, oh, oh, you know, people being shocked. And he used the, he used the Joaquin Phoenix one from signs oh, where he sees the alien. And he said he can't do any live streams until after the 24th. He's been told not to do a live stream until after the 24th, which is tomorrow. So I would think Sunday. So let's assume something big is coming that's going to really shift the geopolitical discussion. 
let's take a wild shot at it. I'm going to start with you, Candace, and then go to Blake, and then I'll tell you what I think. Candace, well, it's the internet. It, what do you think is going to happen? Is the internet going to? Yeah, go I. You know, we've been following this for a while now, and I've got you know basically, you know, as best a proof as you can just because of the work I've been doing in terms of the networks and, and what it is going to take in, in order to kind of shove the dark, and we're talking about the entire deep state, um, into a point where they cannot do their communications. And this really, it kind of cohesified itself today because I had a, quite a long conversation this morning with Verizon Wireless. And um, in particular, I talked with three different people because I needed my issue bumped up. And I finally got hold of a manager that I said, you know, it, it looks like uh, you guys are having some problems here. And, they, and he was like fairly open about it. He said, yeah, I, we think that everything's going to go down. And this is what also Juan Osaban said is that he felt that it was going to be a 10-day period that we were going to go into where the cell phones were not going to work. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I are going to be without Internet because it depends on how your provider is comes into your house, okay? So well, most not, of us have, have Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, so, you know, so if this is done... Basically, we're moving from what I call a copper network, which goes through 100 switches. When you send out a message or whatever on your phone, it goes from, you know, from where you live to the closest switch into a microwave dish over there to the, you know, another switch that moves it around. It's a very inefficient network. And, you know, running the internet like that is like a, a total ridiculous situation, but it's because it grew up over time and it was just added on. And, um, you know, so we have a, a chance here to uh, see that taken down. Now, after the 10 days, they will have it rerouted so that it doesn't go through all those Swiss cheese switches that basically are capable of not only stealing your data, and this has to do with a lot of uh, social media. So, because it was set up by DARPA and it became a um, data harvesting uh, endeavor. So we all have to know that that in particular is gonna be dealt with. And then of course, after the 10 days, we're still gonna have some repair issues to deal with. But as far as I know, T-Mobile just signed a contract with Starlink in order to provide a completely separate network that is going to have an app on any phone that you have that will link up directly to Starlink. And so just think about okay. that for a minute. You okay. will not have to have a provider. It will put out a business within a short period of time all of those carriers, which is basically only three at this point, and um, oh, T-Mobile also is Sprint at this point in time. So, so we have that staged. It's all ready to go. We have service throughout the continent of North America up to about uh, Edmonton and Canada and down to Mexico City. Um, 
and we're going to be able to run the internet. We will take complete control over it. And at that point, it'll be just like Russia. Because how long ago did I report that Russia took its entire internet offline? And you could not get into RU. You remember that? Um, And now they are back. Okay. So that's what they did. They've already done it, sort of in the dark of night, not noticing. We sent Starlink uh, dishes to Ottawa. And you know what? We sustained the supply line for the truckers. And there's some truckers that are still sitting there in Ottawa, by the way, and will all winter until that country will get cleaned out as soon as we can get our country cleaned out. They're, they're, uh, you know, in the same world of hurt, we got to get rid of their, you know, their leaders, um, you know, Justin. Yeah. And, um, you know, the idea is, is that this is taking off. It's happening. We also delivered um, three huge cargo uh, facilities to the Ukraine, and we hooked them up with Internet, with Starlink. So, again, we are like, you know, we've been doing this and uh, taking over dominance and, you know, going to light wave, which is up and down and up and down. And you just don't they don't have any capacity to interrupt that. And that's where they're doing their business, their money transfers, their corrupt crypto, their, um, you know, the money laundering, the everything. So. You know, as soon as that happens, I think we're going to see a new world. So that's pretty exciting. And you think it's going to be the Internet. Uh, There's all kinds of rumors out there, TV's Blake Wally. Uh, Charlie Ward said the first arrest is going to be King Charles III is going to be the first arrest. And the monarchy is going to be brought down, which I do believe is going to happen. What? And all well, this is another thing we forgot. We forgot the Trump thing. Another thing, supposedly Donald Trump retruthed the Q video. We forgot about this, Candace. <laughs> Q video um, on Truth Social. I don't know if this is true, but this this is uh, this is it, right? Information warfare. He, he supposedly retruthed this. Yeah, Space Shot played that um, last night, and it is, uh, it's all memes, and a lot of them have Q in them, so, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, that's a taste of it. Um pretty wild stuff so tv's blake wally i'm going to force you to take a wild guess let's say there's a i let's say there's a big event this week what do you think it's going to be man i think you know it's too easy to say like the pope and i don't even know if that would be that big of a deal would would it be as big of the as the queen perhaps People are get the German guys, right? We know Jen. Jen talks about four pillars. There are four pillars that need to come down. That's the gentile she gets from the angels. Other people like Phil Godlewski have talked about two down, two to go. The four pillars are London, the Queen, which is the financial financial sector, the the religious aspects. You know, Rome is going to come down, and then the others are um, are the Baltics. 
believe it or not. That's what Jen gets, the Baltics, which is a cesspool of deep state corruption and Indonesia. So that's what she says is going to happen, which would be up to the Chinese to clean up. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the big news is going to be this week? I want to force everybody to make a prediction. Candace has gone all in on the Internet. What say you, TV Spike Wally? Alien invasion? Pick anything. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Alien invasion. Why not? I got that written down. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to read that. There it is, circled. Uh, yeah, because the, the Pope is kind of a boring answer. Because no one's yeah. going to like, oh, do you remember where you were on the day the Pope died? It'd be like, eh, you know, big deal. Yeah. I don't remember where I was when the Queen. But um, yeah, alien invasion, exactly. that would definitely stand out. That would get everybody talking. So why exactly. not? Let's just go it's, for it's it. A, it's a 9-11... It's a 9-11 Kennedy assassination, <laughs> space shuttle exploding kind of moment, and an alien invasion would cover yeah. that. And I'm supposed to be the alien guy, and I'm not going to say aliens. I think aliens are down the road. I'm going to say financial. I'm going to say stock market crash this week, probably Monday. It's already under 30. The Dow it is it, it's going <laughs> down hard. And it's well, going to get worse. I predict, Interest rates yeah. going to keep going up. Yeah. I predicted three months ago that once it hit below 30,000, it was going to crater. It was just going to collapse. But then they pumped all kinds of new printed new money and pumped it up to put it back up over 30,000 for two or three months. But now that momentum is gone. And with the inflation news and the unemployment news that's coming, and I think it's going to be a major financial crisis. Let's see if any of us are right. Let's see if yep. any of us are right. What do you think? Okay, guys, a uh, couple of minutes here before we wrap up the news portion. Um, Blake, I'm going to start with you. Anything else you want to talk about? You got, you got two minutes to just talk about anything else you think is important that people should watch for this week. And then we'll, then we'll do a top five, even without Brooks, we'll do our top five. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really have a lot to uh, plug. I was kind of on a hiatus uh, this week. I had a lot uh, going on in my personal life and car repairs and stuff, so I was unable yeah. to make any reports, but I will be uh, hitting it hard probably next week and into October because this should be uh, extremely intense, and we've already gotten a taste of things over the last few weeks, but I, I like the way the momentum is going, and I'll have to uh, check in on that uh, Trump speech and keep following that. There was a bad week for the market and uh, i don't know when there's going to be uh, any hope anytime soon so we're just continuing to watch uh the world plummet into this uh depression is leading into the great reset unless we turn things around whether that's an rv or a jasara or something i am hoping for the best it's it's due it's time and uh good to see uh humanity take it to the next level i suppose i hope so i hope so okay candace Two minutes to talk about absolutely anything you would like to talk about, except the subject of tonight's uh, top five. So go ahead. <laughs> talk about yeah, more. that uh, that puts talk a stick in more. it for me, but uh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> let me think if we, there's something more that I can add. The yeah. um, the idea that we have a catastrophe looming, I I just don't agree. I think that what we're seeing really is the opening up of the new era. And that uh, all of us should be actually prepared for a few outages, maybe uh, some disruptions in the supply chain. If you're not, you know, if you got medicines you have to take, um, you know, every day for uh, you should have a little bit of a supply. 
Um, you also should talk to your neighbors and make sure that you know who your sheriff is and that the people that are in your neighborhood that are good or bad. And um, the rest of the topic has to do with uh, basically becoming, um, you know, uh, doing good observation and uh, actually becoming wise, becoming perceptive. You know, those of us that uh, have been around for a while. One of my pride and joys is that I usually act in a right manner. And, uh, you know, that <laughs> requires a certain measure of uh, perception into, you know, the, um, the future because we do have that ability. We have the ability through our consciousness to actually <clears throat> achieve a measure of, um, you know, uh, a real live touchstone with, uh, you know, the the presence of God, which is omnipresent and is not necessarily um, something that is uh, consistent with the what's in our mind, which is uh, time. And so once you kind of get to that point and you believe that time is a, sort of a relevant thing, that you can look at it as speeding up or slowing down or taking too long or going too quickly, but really that's not the constraint that we'll be operating in during this new time as we're going into a, a phase where there'll be less conflict. There won't be anybody coming at us with um, wanting us to take a side because we're all on the same side. We're all on the side of God and apple pie and uh, man and womankind working together. And if you can kind of put that in your mind, as what the future is about, you'll kind of leave alone all of this because to be honest with you, it's already done. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with that. Okay. Um, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the uh, news section of the show. I think it's been a wild two weeks. I think it's going to get wilder next week. I think something big's going to happen and I, I don't know what it is. Um, putting my money on the financial thing, but we'll, we shall see. Remember if there is a financial collapse, it's only going to last about 24 hours before suddenly they're going to have the solution available. So it should be interesting stuff. Uh, also, one other thing I wanted to mention is there is a girl, a, a fairly young girl, looks like in her twenties claiming to be Joe Biden's granddaughter who says that her granddad died four years ago. He was executed. Let me just tell you. And, He's got a twin brother, Bo, who's replaced him. That's what she said. And it's a video, and I put it on my Telegram and all that stuff. So absolutely uh, drop by mikebear.blogspot.com where you want to pick up the videos. Don't forget to visit our wonderful sponsors, thecbdgurus.com. And um, go to the Telegram, which is mikebera33, all one word. Um and also, uh, please do not forget that we run on donations. I have a windshield to fix. I just got a biopsy on my knee. I need uh, I need some work done and got to pay some bills. Uh, dollar sign Mike Bear. I got to pay TV's uh, Blake Wally for the use of this uh, restream software. So dollar sign M Bear 33 uh, on Cash App and at Zelle. It's M B A R A 33 at msn.com. And I can always use some love. I appreciate the love very much. Okay, guys, I think we've, you know, again, because we didn't have Brooks, we didn't do a top five last week. I think we ought to do the top five this week. 
even though we don't have Brooks, because um, even though we love Brooks, he can't be here. He's got a family emergency he's got to take care of. So let's just go with tonight's top five. And tonight's top five is going to be the top five movies or TV shows, movies of, movies or TV shows about what's your favorite subject candace artificial intelligence ai it's going to be the top five movies or tv shows about ai artificial intelligence computers so everybody's had fair warning on this so candace since this is your favorite subject we will start with you give us your number five TV or movie about artificial intelligence? Well, since we already mentioned it and I already sort of introduced it, um, I'm going to go with Venus Rising because, uh, you know, that is a Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Venus Rising is your your birth sign. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little distracted. uh, ascending. Okay, so that is. Uh, let me find it here on the net because um, it is a. It, you know, it less. It's a kind of a dog, but it does actually do a lot in terms of, you know, not only from the aspect of the filmmakers, which of course were Alana and uh, Andy Wachowski, um, who did The Matrix. So, you know, this was a kind of an all-star situation. Became the Wachowski sisters. Sisters, who became yeah. The we don't know what they are anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look. That's all, you know. But they do seem to be very talented in terms of their the crews they put together, and that's where really the script writing and uh, you know the entire science fiction epic adventure uh, came from. So it's um, you know the idea that. Uh, you know, that the main character, Jupiter Jones, who actually was played in a, a very good way, um, that she did, she was born under a night sky with signs predicting that she was designed, des- des- <laughs> destined for great things. Now grown, she dreams of the stars, but wakes up to the cold reality of a job cleaning other people's houses in an endless run of bad breaks. And so... Um, you know, the idea of it, the genetically engineered ex-military hunter arrives on Earth to track her down, and she begins to look at her fate that has been waiting for her all along, and the genetic signature that marks her next in line for an extraordinary inheritance that could balance the cosmos. And um, so that's what I'm going with for number five. Jupiter ascending. I'm sorry I ruined your um, sorry I ruined your, uh, your your choice there by bringing it up. Somebody else already brought up my number one, and I'm not going to talk about it until we get to number one. But yeah, Jupiter ascending. Let me do a let me do a quick screen share here, and uh, that's the thing to look for from the creators of the Matrix trilogy. It was uh, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. Jupiter ascending, and it is a metaphor for the uh, financial system about how it's all kind of a fraud and how human beings are looked at as a product. Okay, TV's Blake Wally, your number five all-time favorite movie or television show about artificial intelligence or computers. 
Blake? Did we lose Blake? Oh shit. Did we lose Blake? We fro he froze. Damn it. All right. Um dang it. Okay. Um Well maybe he'll be back. Maybe he'll be back. I'm gonna do mine, which is uh an incredible film from nineteen sixty-four, I believe, called Failsafe. Failsafe was a film about how a computer system which controlled the US's uh, bombers that were sent out on a training exercise fully armed against Russia, there was a malfunction in the artificial intelligence. It stars Larry Hagman and uh, Henry Fonda, among others, Walter Matthau, and, um, and uh, I forget the other guy here, Dan, uh, I forget his name but a lot of marvelous actors. And it is a super taut, tight, tense film about what happens when artificial intelligence goes wrong. And what happens in this case is that by accident, um, by accident, the United States uh, gets a, sends a go signal to a, um, a bomber group squadron and they successfully bomb Moscow. And I'm not gonna spoil the ending for you, but the American president has to come up with a way to stop World War III. It's shot in black and white. It's very stark. Uh, Larry Hagman is great. Henry Fonda is great. All of the acting is terrific. And I highly recommend Fail Safe. Let's see if we have TV's Blake Wally back. There he is. There's Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? You still with ah, us? Perfect. Good. Right. Yeah, uh, I've been with you. My signal was lousy. You couldn't hear me. Okay. So uh, that's my number five choice for a film to watch about artificial intelligence. Blake, what's your number five right. AI right. computer film of all time? You know what? I'm going to go uh, old school. Back when I was a kid, speaking of number five, I'll go with uh, Johnny Five. Johnny Five's Alive is from uh, Short Circuit. This okay. is like an old military robot that gets struck by lightning. And I didn't uh, look at the uh, the plot line. It's been a while. I'm going off from memory, if I can. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, computer robot from the military that was taken by like Steve Gutenberg or something. And they try to prove that he's actually living and not to get uh, re-abducted by the government to do what other nefarious things they want to program him with. Battle droid or who knows. I forget. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, he becomes conscious. It is a cute movie in many ways, and it's a it's a very good movie about uh, what is life and what is intelligence. It's called intelligence. It's called short circuit, and it is very very cute and entertaining. Okay, Candace, your number four film or television show about AI, artificial intelligence. Um, I'm going to go with one that's pretty obscure but of course i really enjoy um johnny depp so i think he was the star of it let me make sure because it uh yeah johnny depp was in it it's called um transcendence and uh, it's oh, actually um, a pretty dark comedy um Morgan Freeman was in it, and it was about a scientist who was uh, driven to, you know, to take on artificial intelligence uh, because it started to uh, to uh, download itself into his uh, consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is really um, it was done in 2014. And, you know, it's 
I chose this because, of course, Brooks brought up that situation that started in 2014, which was about the Ukraine, and of course the bio labs that they had, um, you know, taken over. And I, I really, you know, sometimes film uh, duplicates reality, and uh, you know, I, I think that this one is really worth watching. Um, primarily because Morgan Freeman and Rebecca Hall do a great job. And it's a very, you know, sort of familiar environment because they have scenes that are in uh, business places, much like Wall Street, you know. And then there's also these, um, you know, these personal relationships that start really coming unglued because they realize that they're around people that are actually programmed. And I'll tell you, that's what's going on right now. So take a look at that movie and just start to think of it as actually not science fiction, but science fact. So that's my number yeah, four. It's like the Rick Kurzweil, these transhumanists. Yeah, they're all into that weird stuff. Merging with yep. machines. Nuts. But very interesting. All right, my number four is uh, it's going to be Battlestar Galactica. It was a terrific show from the early 2000s. It was a 2003 miniseries. It was a remake of the old, silly 1978 show, and it was about a human civilization a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away where there were these uh, robots, these called the Cylons, a cybernetic life form node which were made to make life on the 12 colonies of humanity easier and in the original series they were these goofy looking chrome toasters but then later on they got a lot more menacing and then eventually they started looking like victoria's secret supermodels and they infiltrated the 12 colonies and brought about the near complete destruction of the human race the show went on for like five years over 50 episodes. There's only like one or two clunker episodes in the whole thing. It is a phenomenal series. I wasn't wild about the last two hours. I didn't get the ending I wanted. In fact, I was uh, so upset about that that I actually wrote a uh, blog um, about, how, let me see, how Battlestar Galactic, uh, how it should have ended, that still might be out there somewhere. You can go read uh, I think the pictures are gone, but I still have um, da, 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 da. Is there a blog spot. Anyway, it might still be out there. You should look at it. I actually rewrote the ending, and my ending's a lot better than what they came up with. But Battlestar Galactica is a absolutely phenomenal show, absolutely phenomenal, and I highly recommend that everybody watch that one. Okay, um, Blake, your number four television show or film about artificial intelligence and computers. Well, I think I'll stick with the uh, the sci-fi uh, space theme here, and I'll go with uh, <laughs> Data of the Next Generation, Star Trek. Uh, we'll just say, uh, how about the, uh, the movie First Contact? Because then it's uh, you got AI, you got him uh, going against the, uh, the Borg, which were kind of the uh, cheesy uh, collective uh, race, but became uh, super villains. Yeah, they're uh, cybernetic. The, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Data was kind of that fun. Yeah, yeah it kind of was like the, the likable android and the, the hopes for uh, AI that could be uh, helpful for uh, humankind. And he was, uh, yeah, he was kind of the great uh, fun character they had on that show. Uh, all those years. Yeah, I guess it was kind of the. It, 
Yeah, they did. They uh, that was kind of the updated uh, Leonard Nimoy, right? Was that kind of the same? Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was uh, basically Mr. Yeah, he was Mr. Yeah. Spock with round ears, basically, is what he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's yeah. So I, I, you know, I mean, same character, basically. But in in the in the sense that he wanted to, he was like Pinocchio. He wanted to be a real boy, you know. He wanted to be human. And then when he got <laughs> his emotion, then when he got his emotion ship, he was uh, he he was a little bit overwhelmed by it. Let me just tell you, I've had some. Uh, encounters with brent spiner the actor in real life and he's a douche it's just so you know but let's oh, go with mr data all right mr data from star trek the next generation i suspect that dr brooks would have agreed with you on this one blake so that's your number four good call okay yep. candace um yeah. your number three your number three tv show or movie about artificial intelligence or computers well this one is uh, another one because of the star of the show that i I happen to like immensely, and that's uh, Bruce Willis. And he did a film called um, Vice in 2015, which probably wasn't real popular, but uh, it was about a futuristic resort. And, uh, you know, they, they were, people were able to buy a place on there, and then they could uh, live out their fantasies, no matter how violent or deviant, oh, yeah. um, on sophisticated androids, referred to as uh, artificialis. So, you know, the art artificial um, intelligence was extended to basically robotics or what we call in the business uh, meat suits, which are, you know, basically uh, people that are put together. Uh, for the um, illusion of looking like humans, but in actuality, they're just programs. So, um, you know, this particular film, again, in the same period of time, uh, 2015, um, you know, with Bruce Willis, who's got a tremendous amount of credibility in terms of these kind of films, um, he actually, uh, you know, did a good job and the uh, it was written by um, Johnny Passmore and Andre Fabrizino, who's done some other work in terms of, you know, the um, the accomplishments of AI and science fiction. So this was just another one. I was going to say Westworld because Westworld was the same Ooh, premise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, uh, but this one was updated because the technology, of course, when Westworld was done was like. They didn't even know how it would work, you know. It was it was just speculation back then. But Westworld again was, you know, a very good film, and certainly in my generation, we watched it and were absolutely stunned, you know. So that um, is my number three. Well, thank you for trampling all over my number three, which is the original Westworld uh, film <laughs> from the 1970s, um, which starred, um, gosh, Yul Brenner as the bad cowboy, Richard Benjamin and James Brolin, not, uh, not Josh Brolin, but James Brolin. And at the time, it was a kind of a drive-in movie theater film, but it was basically about this futuristic computerized resort where uh, robots allowed you to play out your fantasies. There was a West world, there was a medieval world or a Roman world, and I think there was a future world. And something goes wrong, as it always does with these kinds of things. And there was a couple of sequels made, but something goes wrong, and the... Um, 
the bad guys, the robots, the robots become the bad guys. They turn on their creators and they start uh, shooting them and killing them in real gunfights. So uh, it was a very interesting movie for the time. It's been remade into a TV series on HBO, which has its moments, but I think it's become kind of a confusing mishmash. The first season starred Anthony Hopkins. Um, I think it's kind of a confusing mishmash, and I prefer the original Westworld. I think they should just remake Westworld as a film uh, uh, about Westworld. So that was my um, that was my number three is the original Westworld. So TV's Blake Wally, what is your number three film or television show about artificial intelligence or computers? Well, well, good choice, Mike. I didn't. I have not seen the original. I don't know if they ever do the reruns oh, or sure? not, but back, I did see the first. Yeah, this was back when they actually had boobs in movies, so there's a couple of boobs in it that you can go for. <laughs> All right. Nice. Go yeah, ahead. I did see the first two seasons on uh, HBO, and the first season was fantastic, and the second season just goes totally off the rails. I don't know what happens because they don't have HBO anymore, but very yeah. cool thing. Um, yeah. So I think number three, I'm just I'm gonna go with uh, people have already mentioned it a few times. I'm gonna go with Terminator Two, yeah, uh, just because we had the, the different mm. contrast. You got to have to be mentioned in there as uh, the the constant battle of AI and the future and the robots coming back into the past, and then you've got the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the unkillable Terminator. Plus, then you had the liquid metal. Uh, Terminator yeah. that came back and that changed everything. Terminator 2 was such an amazing uh, movie and sequel. Um, so I, I really, that one really uh, stood out, needs mentioning, and uh, kind of showed you what uh, <laughs> Skynet and all of the things that could go wrong. Uh, playing yeah. around with these things. The so. Terminator series, of course, is a critical part of this. I don't, I don't have Terminator in my list just because there's other movies I like a little bit better. But Terminator, Terminator 2, Judgment yeah. Day were great movies uh, by James Cameron. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is great, except except the liquid metal um, android. I mean, that was ridiculous. It was yeah. Well, there had to be there had to be some sort of mechanism inside the control that it couldn't just all be this liquid metal that was sentient and into, I, I don't know i just didn't buy that it was really annoying to me and uh they finally were able to kill it by dropping it into basically a hot steel pit where it just melted um and uh it, it is great movie great action film uh robert patrick is great in it and uh linda hamilton is terrific as sarah connor the kid who plays john connor is fucking annoying i wanted him to die but uh, it is a great movie super tense <laughs> You know, back when Cameron was um, totally on top of his game and just producing great film after great film after great film. So, yeah, absolutely. It's not on my Thanks. list, but it, it may as well be. Um, okay, so my number two, right. I go next, right? Is it me, Candace, or you? You. you? Okay. Uh, Candace, um, right? Yeah. Well, I thought it was Candace, but I'll just go. Uh, yeah. My number two is is Blade Runner. Blade Runner is Sorry. an absolute classic film about artificial intelligence. About, um, I guess you could call them robots. They're technically replicants. They're they're humans that are artificially constructed, artificially created humans. It stars Harrison Ford and Rooker Hauer. Um, and there is an equally brilliant sequel called Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which uh, is Again, Anna de Armas and um, 
uh, Jared, what's his name, um, and Ryan Gosling. It, it is a worthy, worthy sequel to an absolutely classic film. The original starred, uh, you know, Harrison Ford and Sean Young and Rutger Hauer. The scene at the end where Roy Batty, the replicant, um, dies it is phenomenal. And Anna de Armas in um, 2049 is just so cute and sexy. And I mean, it's bizarre, but these sequels, these two movies were made 40 years apart, and yet they are so similar in look and feel and temperament that um, they may as well have been made back to back. And and to, to be able to accomplish that, I think, is just tremendous, um, tremendous praise to the filmmakers, Ridley Scott and Denis Villeneuve, who went on to make the incredibly loud and boring Dune film, but hopefully Dune 2 will be better. Uh, I can't I can't recommend them enough. Uh, and they both and Edward James Olmos starred both as Adama in Battlestar Galactica and as Gaff in Blade Runner. And it's it's pretty amazing that he's been in these two absolute classic um, films about AI and artificial intelligence. But again, Blade Runner to me is the gold standard. And no, folks, Rick Deckard is not a replicant rick deckard is not artificial that is nonsense because the whole point of blade runner is to contrast the emotionlessness of the humans the dehumanization of the humans and how much more passionate and alive and human the replicants are that's the whole point of the film and i don't care what really scott says now he's lying he made it up after the fact so candace and again we can have the same movies and stuff on but that's that's my number two you would have thought it was number one but i've got a really uh, off the wall number one that you're not even huh. coming. all right Candace, hey, uh, i know the, uh, the late wife i was gonna say quickly I, I know the late wife of philip k dick the uh, the writer of that I'll, I'll have to ask her if she knows uh okay solve that mystery for you well i know that hampton fancher <laughs> Hampton Fancher, who wrote the script for both Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, or primarily wrote the script, says categorically that Deckard is not a replicant. That that's Ridley Scott playing around with stuff, oh. trying, to, trying to f with people. So uh, anyway, he said that. Nice. All right, uh, and I highly recommend watching both films. They're they're both just incredible in their own ways. And that the death scene, um, the death scene of Roy. Um, batty at the end all those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain is poetic and incredible and uh again just cannot recommend it enough all right uh candace whitelight you're number two <laughs> well i'm so glad i let you go because uh my number two was going to be blade runner as well so right. um i'm go. gonna now that we've got a three-way conversation on this i'll i'll add in that kind of missing information um J uh, Philip K. Jick, who has uh, a novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, was the basis for the screenplay, which, of course, uh, Ridley dove into. And he used a building in downtown Los Angeles called the Bradbury Building. Now, this was a nod to Ray Bradbury. So they had a whole lot of, of uh, you know, what you would call um, hidden information in the film. And they actually came out with one, um, actually several years later, that was called the director's cut. And yeah. that was including scenes that were shot but not put in there because 
during the development, it was actually um, a cooperation between um, producer Herb Jaffe, who was, uh, you know, optioned the whole uh, process in the 70s. Um, but Dick was uh, unimpressed with the screenplay written by Herb's son, Robert, saying that Jaffe's screenplay was terribly done. So there was this, you know, sort of conflict that was regarded as uh, part of the reason that it turned out not quite as good for the box office in the beginning. And then yeah. it was recut so that it would make more box office. Now, um, you know, it's it's funny what these things actually also tell you is that um, Blade Runner was not one of uh, Harrison's Ford's uh, favorite movies. He he tangled with Ridley because Ridley wanted him to play it pretty deaf, you know, like pretty straightforward. And of course, you know, because the the Star Wars series that Harrison Ford really loved to play up a part, right? He's dynamic, so, right? Very dynamic, uh, yeah. But, you know, and Scott was asked about him and he said, and this is as far away as 2006, um, that uh, Har Harrison Ford was the biggest pain in the arse you ever worked with. He replied, it's got to be Harrison. <laughs> He'd, he'll forgive me because now I get on with him. But now he's become charming. But he knows that during that period of time, he just he had to play. The, that part and uh, they ended up with a good movie but it was because of that dynamic that they didn't really get along one of them was just the egotistic bastard and the other was like you know let's get it done so there's oh, yeah. also a yeah sorry go ahead keep going oh uh, well there's also a back lot that you can go to visit and it's uh, on burbank in Burbank, California, and it's called Ridleyville, which was the set that they use. They kept it intact, and so you can actually visit it. So it's a, got quite a, yeah, it's got quite a history. And, um, you know, it is um, that Bradbury building, as you know, you know, with the stairwell and the staircase and everything, that was a stunning piece of architecture. So it, it was. And I think it was across the street from the Million Dollar Theater there. Which I yeah, saw. Yeah. And I saw David Icke at the Million Dollar Theater, sat next to the bald guy from Smashing Pumpkins. That was pretty funny. Uh, Billy Corgan, yeah. 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 Sat next to him and his girlfriend on the front row. That was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. and, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, Harrison Ford, Ridley kind of thought he wanted Deckard to be a replicant. Ford, I believe, has insisted that he's not, that he's human, which is the whole point that the writers wanted to make, which is that, that he is flat and unemotional and look at how passionate the replicants are. And of course the premise of the stories guys is that, is that uh, the replicants only live four years and, and Ridley Scott has gone back and now tried to rewrite history and say, Oh no, Deckard was a replicant all along. Well, it's not, I mean, it's, he's a director, but Ridley Scott did not have total control. The writers disagree with him. Ford disagrees with him. Uh, it's pretty obvious if you watch the movie. I'm not even sure Ridley Scott actually intended that. And people are saying, well, look, you know, there's this there's this um, memory, dream that Harrison Ford has of a unicorn in the director's cut, right, Candace? In the director's cut, he dreams of a unicorn, which looked to me like stock footage from Legend, which was a film that Scott made later on after that with Tom Cruise. Right. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mia Sarah was in it, though, and she's fetching. Um, and they're saying, and then, and then Gaff later, the character played by Edward James Olmos makes a, uh, makes an origami unicorn. 
and and leaves it in in Deckard's apartment when he tries to escape with Rachel. Because what was interesting about the character of Rachel, played by Sean Young, is that she was unique. She didn't have a four-year lifespan. She could live forever. And as we find out in the sequel, 2049, there was more to her than even than that. Um, and, which I'm not going to spoil for people that should watch these two movies because they're fantastic. But the other part is, is that the unicorn could also mean, the message could also be that uh, he made the unicorn not because it was in Deckard's dream, but because he was telling Deckard that Rachel was unique, that she did not have a four-year lifespan. And so the film ends with, I don't know how much time we had together, who does? And that was how the film ends with Deckard and Rachel trying to escape. Now, there's all kinds of interesting things about these movies and you can debate them back and forth. I've watched all the different cuts and I still go back to the original theatrical cut from 1982, which has this narration because the studio thought that the film was too dense, that people wouldn't get it because the story was told visually. So much of the story was told visually like origami unicorns and stuff like that and people wouldn't make the connection so they forced harrison ford basically at gunpoint to uh to overdub this um this dialogue that you know felt like captain's log start you know he fills this stuff in as the movie goes along and and ford hated it so much that he talked like this they don't advertise for <laughs> in a movie that was my job you know ex-cop yeah and, Blade Runner X Killer. But the funny thing is, Candace, is that when I go back and watch it again, now how I see that is it emphasizes how flat and dehumanized and unemotional the character of Deckard really is. So I think I think God was at work with this film. I really do. <laughs> and created something in spite of all of those conflicting egos fighting over what they thought it should be and ended up creating uh, an absolute masterpiece. And I think 2049 is just as much of a masterpiece in its own way. So fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Mia Sarah, yeah, Rick Norman. All right. Um, where are we now? Uh, Blake Wally, your number two. Did we do your number two? Blake? I think so. Yeah, uh, Candace, that was your number two, right? You guys oh, both Blade did Runner. Blade Runner, the, right? Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Double so we're Runner. on to the number one. So I'm going to start with the number ones. I, no. I, what's that? No, it is meat then, right? I'm on number two. Number two. Okay. What's your number two? Number two, I think, has uh, already been mentioned several times. The old dog just said it again, and I will just go with the uh, the, the Matrix. That's the uh, ultimate battle. It's where the machines have basically taken over, and then, then the humanity right. is just uh, rendered into uh, uh, batteries <laughs> for the for the AI. Yeah. Um, great movie. I, I love the. Uh, I'll say specifically maybe uh, the interactions with with. Uh, with Neo and uh, the architect. I thought that was really cool, that uh, ultimate uh, AI that uh, they, they meet and they talk about a lot of uh, interesting stuff. You almost got to rewatch it a couple times because it does get uh, pretty complex in the uh, sequel there. But uh, they bring up a lot of uh, interesting concepts. And, uh, yeah, it's quite the, uh, the battle for uh, humanity. Yeah, and then they tried to ruin it with the Matrix Resurrections, where Neo really wasn't the one; it was Trinity all (laughs) along. But bullshit. Um, Yeah, you know all the new, all the all the new. It was it was Trinity. Neo. The thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the first two films are. uh, Let's see, Hugo Weaving, of course, was fantastic in it, 
and as an agent. And again, uh, again, Blake, the, the thing about this is that the agents, the agents, they're the IRS. The agents are supposed to be the IRS. They keep the order. You know, I mean, again, it's a, it's a metaphor for the whole financial system. I think I did a video a while back that's on, uh, on my Odyssey. I'll have to put it back up about where I look at at uh, the matrix and Jupiter ascending as metaphors for the financial system. There's your guy. There's yeah. the architect. There he is yeah. talking to Neil. Great, some great scenes. That was in the Matrix Reloaded, right? The sequel, which all yep. three of the original films are definitely worth watching. Uh, absolutely, the three of them. They're pretty, pretty classic stuff. And of course, you have sure. Sure. the Merovingian too, who is one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, no, great characters in all those, but especially the first two. I don't know if I've seen the the third one more than once, probably. Yeah, it was interesting. It just it lacked a lot of the first two and sophie marceau i think is that sophie marceau who is that i forget the oh. actress's name um it's not sophie marceau who is it who plays the wife of the merovingian god i can't remember her name yeah. she is yeah. breathtaking wow what's her name i can't i'm sorry sweetie oh, yeah. she was in a james bond she was in the james <laughs> bond movie recently monica bellucci monica bellucci wow Ooh, yeah what a great nice. uh, just great absolutely great stuff where is she there she is again fantastic stuff yeah and I, I again the matrix deserves to be on any list i just didn't have it on on mine so um okay we're down to number one now right yeah uh, so my number one yeah uh okay kim kimberly wreck ruined this for me but this is my uh favorite artificial intelligence film of all time it's called colossus the forbin project meaning a dr forbin who is a German computer scientist who invents this supercomputer that is designed to take over the self-defense of the United States. Well, Colossus, and there's this chilling moment where they're testing the machine out and it's doing things they didn't expect. And he turns to the president, who's really beautifully played by Gordon Pinsent, and he says to him, well, if that's true, um, the system is built even better than we thought. <laughs> That's more because this thing has got complete control over the United States nuclear arsenal. And so what happens is, is they discover that there is a Russian computer called Guardian and Colossus and Guardian want to talk to each other. And when they refuse to allow that, the humans do, guess what? They're, they start shooting missiles at each other starting World War III. So eventually what happens is the two computers take over and at the end they announce to the entire world what's really going on and what i like about this candace is it's not too different from what may eventually happen with the whole q situation and it's the first time they ever use this the cylon voice the synthesized voice let's let's listen to this real quick because this always gets me this is colossus speaking to the world and letting everybody know you can't keep it a secret anymore i'm in charge Please don't let them the voice of world control. <laughs> I bring you peace. It may be the peace of plenty and content, or the peace of unburied death. <laughs> wow. So the computer's saying, hey, obey me or else. This is a great movie. It's directed by Mark Daniels, who directed some of the best uh, episodes of the original Star Trek series. The script is tight. The only thing that's dated is the computer technology 
but you could literally reshoot this movie with the exact same script. You wouldn't need to change a word. It is brilliance from the 1970s. Fantastic. I highly recommend it. it. And and again, how I, I I don't know how I could leave out my honorable mentions, but uh, in case nobody else mentions it, I will. Uh, Candace, your number one computer. I um, <laughs> this is a great story. Um, I just sent you a clip on your uh, messenger on Facebook, and I want you to pull it off and play it. And I'll give the background before um, you put it on. So um, my favorite film of all time, actually, is something that I saw at the Cinerama Dome in Los Angeles when it was premiered. And I was taken down there in 1960. Eight and it was um, I was quite young, but I was dropped off with my friends and I went to an early show and I stayed through two more shows and so I saw it three times in a row and they didn't notice so um, I have seen it several times since then. Stanley Kubrick, who was the director, was visionary, and the film is 2001: A Space Odyssey, and. You know, it was brought up recently by Juan on one of his programs, and he he said uh, that what is coming down the pike at us is something that is very similar to the scene where um, the HAL 9000 is assessed as being a... Um, a rogue right. machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, Orman, who is the um, principal character, and uh, he goes into the room or the, uh, you know, the comm room that they have. The computer, and, yeah, the computer center in the, in the starship, the spaceship Discovery, right. And uh, so what he does is he starts to take out the little sliding pieces that are the um, intelligence to the entire computer and it goes back as he takes each one out and it he said you know one was saying that this is a good parallel for what's going to be happening and i'm talking about right now so this is what we're doing we're disassembling their ai network piece by piece and we're going to take it out so that they cannot function and all of those individuals that are out there that have been programmed and chipped and are in people's lives are going to start babbling. And I want you to show the clip because it's just excellent. Okay. And what, yeah, what he's doing here is Dave Bowman is uh, disconnecting the the higher logic memory circuits. The HAL computer, which has gone uh, crazy.
<laughs> I became operational at the HAL plant in Urbana, Illinois on the 12th of January, 1992. My instructor was Mr. Langley and he taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. I love it. Sing it for me. It's called Daisy. Daisy. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant stuff, Candace. And uh, yeah, that is one of the films that has to be up there because, you know, Kubrick was terrified of artificial intelligence. There is a whole thing where the metaphor of 2001 is all about the so-called Brookings Report, where NASA basically was warned, if you encounter artifacts that proves the existence of extraterrestrials, you should consider not telling anybody because it will drive them crazy. And Hal in the film actually represented the general public who might go crazy because Kubrick could quote from this report chapter and verse Hoagland and I wrote it all up in dark mission, but it is a fascinating movie. And you have to say it's a movie about artificial intelligence. Absolutely. So uh, that was going to be my honorable mention if it didn't make it in. Okay. Uh, yeah. TV's Blake Wally, your number one, your number one artificial intelligence or computer film of all time. Yeah, and good stuff. Glad glad you mentioned that because I was also like that has to be uh, on the list, and we didn't have Brooks because otherwise that would have been brought up at at some point. So I'm glad that's in there. Is also that great scene in 2010. While it wasn't that great of a movie, um, it still was cool, and it was great when they brought brought Hal back online, and it turned out that it wasn't really crazy. It was just ordered to lie by the government, and so it just it he had. Uh, well, it made him crazy because he was ordered to lie. And 2010, yeah. 2010 was a good sequel, yeah. completely different yeah. movie, and didn't try to be Kubrick, but it, it was a very good science fiction film, really well worth it, worth watching. Yeah, and I enjoy it. We, we, not uh, anytime, but anyone wants to pull up that scene, too, with, with when bringing Hal back online, that's also very cool. But uh, number one, I guess I'm going to, there's a lot of good choices, a lot of honorable mentions, but I'm going to, I'm just going to go with uh, Ex Machina. I think that's another one Brooke mentioned. Brooks mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago um, that uh, kind of really changed my uh, perception on AI. Cause I was going to bring up another movie that I, I don't like ca called her, which I was, I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan and had the Spike Jones movie. And who was it? Um, I forget the, the actor's name. That was uh, the Joker. And 
Phoenix, uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix played right. her. It was a movie where he's dating the AI, and uh, it was it got great reviews. And it's actually a really good movie in terms of like dialogue and stuff. I just find the concept so ridiculous that uh, that AI would be interested in like you know having a relationship with a human. Um, and he saw a little bit of that in 2001, 2010. They're so fast and ahead of us. It's painful for them to even have to communicate with us. But uh, Ex Machina, that was kind of like seeing like a, like a dream of mine would be to be some like rich dude who lives out in the middle of absolutely nowhere in some weird compound. I love that. But then, um, yeah, you see like what, what really happens with uh, AI and how the, you can't really trust them. So now I have a very different, where I started off with the cute stuff of uh, Johnny Five. I didn't mention uh, batteries not included with their, where they're making cute little robots. And then they had data for the next generation or Hal right. who's uh, responsible. But then you have what could really go wrong is in Terminator 2 or The Matrix or Ex Machina, which we'll find out. I don't want to spoil the ending. I'm sure most people have seen it by now. Yeah, but yeah. you can only have such a, a relationship with AI. So I, I would prefer to just keep them dumb and we don't have to uh, have any kind of singularity go wrong because that would be the end of our civilization very quickly. So, but anyway, so I will go with that. My number one, Ex Machina. All right. Okay, guys, well... All right, that was a long show tonight, two hours. We're not going to do that again. So uh, we're going to cut it a lot shorter than that. But so much is happening in the geopolitical world with a hard news show like this one. We just had to hit all that stuff, all those high points. Let's all stay tuned um, and focused and, yeah, you know, have some supplies around the house. I think it's important right now because I think things are going to get very interesting and who knows how they will all turn out. Okay. Um, unless you guys have anything further, I'm going to wrap it up and say good night to everyone. Thank you for being yeah. here. I will be back on Monday with Jen on uh, tell the truth. Well, not tell the truth Wednesday. Cause it's Monday doing the Monday news update, Candace and hopefully Blake and Brooks will be back with us on next Friday night's show. We love you guys. Thanks very much for being here. And let's see you next week. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Stay frosty.